May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Over the past few weeks, we've been following Jesus' travels up and down the Via Maris, the great trade route of his day. Last week, Jesus was in Sidon in Lebanon. It was the furthest north that he ever traveled. And now we find him a little bit closer to home in this ancient town in the far north, which is now in a part of the area called the Golan Heights, the town of Caesarea Philippi, where the springs of water from the Jordan River, where the source of all the water for the land of Israel, where this cool water originates. This town was a spa town in Jesus's time, much like the natural mineral spas of places in Switzerland, or even closer to home, the places that people locally might go to swim along our own salt river that was fed, that is fed with springs. People in Jesus's day went to such places for times of refreshment and healing. Jesus' disciples probably needed to stop and rest. Since there wasn't a Circle K or a Starbucks or a McDonald's at every exit along the freeway, instead the disciples found a town known for its springs. And in this town is where our story today begins. Matthew's Gospel has the disciples traveling alongside Jesus witnessing wonders and signs and miracles. But Jesus is unsure if any of his teaching or if any of his ministry is really clicking with them. So he asked the question, who do people say that the Son of Man is? In other words, who do people say that the heir to God's creation, the son of Ha-Adam, of Adam, the firstborn of all creation, who do they say that the Son of Man is? Matthew quotes this, implying Jesus is referring to himself. So many of the disciples start answering with all sorts of replies, and Jesus stops and asks again, but you, who do you say that I am? We know how this story continues, but I'm stopping here to ask us to examine this question more fully. Jesus, the leader of this ragtag group of disciples traveling and proclaiming the kingdom of God, healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, Jesus, the man, the rabbi, the teacher, needs a little reassurance that someone is really paying attention to what's taking place. For what reason is all of this happening? Who do you say that I am? I realize a lot of people associated with Christianity, with maybe certain types of Christianity, might pose this as a question to us, as some kind of test, whether you are in or out. But that's not at all what Jesus is going for. Jesus' desire for his disciples, 
and for us for that matter, is to make the presence of God fully known in a way to humankind and to all humanity in a way in which we have never, ever more fully experienced it before. This is not supposed to be a test. Rather, it's an invitation to our five senses to look at the hand of God at work right in front of us. Who do you say that I am is an invitation to relationship. Imagine how this might apply to us. How do we invite people into this relationship, into the family of God? The disciples, you know, they met a whole lot of strangers on their journeys, and they healed the sick, and they did all kinds of wonderful things. And many people saw how they loved one another, how they loved people that they had just met. They saw their faith, and they saw their sheer joy that they had that came from God. And many, literally thousands of people, decided to join them. The question Jesus poses is actually even bigger, though. How can we, though, see Jesus for who he really is? How can we leave our personal baggage behind? How is Jesus helping us? How is Jesus helping us make God fully known? What results when we do this? What results? Two things that come to mind today are story and transformation. Story and transformation. Story because we all have one. Some great, some not so great. And some, well, Lord knows there's plenty of stories about me. The point is, we all have a story. And our story interacts with this story that we hear at some point, probably every day. Think about it. At the times when you think about God, or about the things of God, or about Jesus and how he's been for you through the thick and thin in your life, in whatever way, in the good times and in the bad, you have interacted with this story. I'll broaden this by saying that our world right now interacts with this story too. From the tragedy of the Christians killed in Iraq, to those suffering from Ebola in West Africa, to those in our heartland who cry out for justice while experiencing disparity and discrimination. And even today, the people in Northern California and the aftermath of an earthquake. Who do you say that I am is oh so relevant. But through all this stuff, the personal, the societal, the global, through all of it. With all these things, we interface with God. This story interacts with us in close and personal ways. We're trying to answer this question, who do you say that I am, practically every day of our lives? We might not even realize this, but this is an ongoing, this is a continuing question because the layers go deeper and deeper. And so why not 
why not explore our story that results together? The Christian life, that is, practicing the things of the Christian faith, practicing our faith as Christians, is best explored when we can tell and when we know parts of our story, of each other's story, when we hear the parts of this that are, that are our society's story and our world's story as well. The disciples knew one another's story, and they knew parts of Jesus' story too, and those exchanges kept them together. It gave them life. The story helped them further Jesus' mission to reveal God's glory to a world, to a people who had a lot of reasons to believe. They had a lot of reasons to believe that they walked in darkness. The glory gave them new light to shine upon others and to proclaim a new dawn for the human experience of walking alongside the divine. We benefited because they told the story to us and we in turn tell others. But transformation results too. That is, we're not going to stay the same. The presence of Jesus and his life and his ministry, that presence will transform us. If Jesus can take 12 disciples, 12 people who were relatively uneducated, some who had questionable pasts, men who sometimes didn't even know which end was up, if Jesus could take these 12 and help them become his greatest spokespeople, his role models, his proclaimers of good news for the entire known world, imagine what God in this age of mass communication, imagine what God might do with us in this age. Here's a little bit of how that might work. Only one example but here's how this has played out in recent times. In the late 1970s, an English friend of mine named Barry was the road manager for the band ACDC. He lived on the road and it was tough and, and people, were, people were always on the road doing all sorts of stuff and to make matters worse for Barry, he recently found out that his friend Derek started exploring this thing called Christianity. In fact, when he was on the road, Barry went to L.A. to meet his friend Derek and discovered, in his words, that he had become a Christian nut, a Jesus freak. Worried that Derek was somehow causing some type of irreparable harm to himself, Barry decided to read the entire Bible and convince Derek that his Christian aspirations were aiming for something completely false. But as he got involved in his quest to disprove his friend, he talks about how this guy Jesus met him on his journey and surprisingly seemed to have compassion and concern ordinary people. Imagine that. Once he finished, a transformation happened. 
He says, I finished reading the Bible knowing that there was a great difference between Jesus and religion. Where I fitted in, I wasn't sure. But as time went on, Barry decided that this Christianity was something worthy of a try, something to pay attention to. In fact, that he writes that he used to pray every day, teach me, Lord, to serve you as you deserve. And so Barry took up the cause of preaching to people in the music community, to preaching to people in the recovery community, for standing up for equal rights for all people in society, always proclaiming love and letting people know that we can all answer, who do you say that I am if we are willing to go on the journey? Fast forward to the year 2010, and this same person is now ordained an Episcopal priest. From ACDC to being a priest. Wow. Barry's completely given over his life's ministry to the cause of helping people, ordinary people, see that Jesus is real, his life can change ours, he is available, present, and hopeful, hopeful to have a relationship with everyone so that together, as the family of God, as Christ's disciples, as Christ's ordinary people, that we can go out and heal a world that needs a love that surpasses all our understanding. That story, one scenario. There are literally billions of others. One that I'm sure has been the story of your life. Story and transformation, they're linked hand in hand. I realize that today's message might be a little different than I've preached before. But late August always helps us to redefine goals and to set our hopes upon higher ground. Colleges and schools, they ramp back up. Corporate projects at work, they increase in intensity. And as friends return to Phoenix after being away for the summer, we are given an opportunity to interact with the great question, the call to relationship. Again today, by hearing the scripture asking us, who do you say that I am? So when we embark on our journey, our quest to love God with everything we have and to go out and love our neighbors as ourselves, this is our charge. In this, we reveal God's glory to a world that waits, that waits for our love. In the way that a thirsty traveler looks for refreshment and relaxation and healing in a place of cool springs. If we interface with Jesus' question of today and we take it seriously, how will our lives be truly be a blessing by sharing our stories, by witnessing and observing our own transformations? And how will we help others know that God has always been alive, that God has always been living and God has always been here, and that God has compassion and concern 
for all of us. All of us. You and me. To answer, we go back again to that great question. But then Jesus said to them, But you, who do you say that I am? 